3: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: Hi. Who that, who that? You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Hump Day to you. It is that August 24th. Big news yesterday out of Memphis Shelby County Schools. George Ray is out. We'll get to that. Uh, he has resigned. heck of a package that goes with that resignation as well. We'll get into all of that. George Ray is a former guest on this show, by the way. Uh, we'll get to that and what it means for, again, Memphis and Chippen County Schools. Chicago Sky advancing. And we bring them up because there's always that Memphis tie. James Wade does it again. The executive of the year gets the Chicago Sky on through to the semifinals. Ryan Silverfield, the Memphis football coach, uh, whose season kicks off next Saturday, down in Startville against Mississippi State, talked about his running back battles, what's going on at receiver, the kicking competition yesterday during a media availability. We'll get all into that and uh, probably talk about the guy that he seems to be leaning toward right now as a starter at running back. I've said that running game needs to have a big bounce-back season. Uh, here's, for one, expecting it to do so. Uh, I'm joined by my man John Martin and Brad Carson. Good to see you, Jim.
2: I'm in the field. Happy Hump Day! I'm in a building. You clowns in apartments.
0: Come on now. How's that sound? Y'all sound a little better than me. I got the change of season sort of stuffy nose stuff Not, not sick, just like pink. a cold. Yeah, tea. yeah, a little runny nose. Okay, like okay we need to get some tests. Seasonal.
2: Get some tests around here, man.
0: Seasonal. Mm-hmm.
2: We, but don't worry, we still got the plexiglass, so that will you got the glass. Me. Yeah, that's, that's good.
0: It's, it's once the kids get back in school, then you get what the kids have. Oh, your it's going kid all over because your kid brings it back. This is an annual ritual for parents, ritual for parents yes. all over the all over this great world. Mm. Yeah.
5: Uh, that's no cap. CJ brought it back. Yeah, Jake's uh in the in the mix there too.
2: And I'm sure it'll it'll be my house, you know, in a few years, right, It's part it, of the it's deal. Will be. Teacher, yeah. student, that's the way it goes. Uh but we're blessed to be here. What a privilege and an honor every single day honor and a, privilege. and a privilege this community. I do enjoy
5: seeing you guys. I'm ready for football, though. I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather have football today, but we don't. Yeah, you know, we'll I mean, talk about it though. We that, got a lot of it. that's the issue, but uh, yeah, we have a lot to get to on the show today. Barrett Jones is going to join us three time, national champ from Bama. He will join us, and we'll talk to him about uh, Nick Saban getting paid, mm. uh, <laughs> the, the season ahead, uh, you know, season preview, and more uh, with Barrett Jones at 11:20. Five. Then in 125, Norton Heard, the fourth. Hey. What's going on in the world of Memphis basketball, man? What is happening in the city? We're going to know. We're going to find out from Norton Heard. The, anything specifically that uh, you want that we should know, that we should be bringing up to him?
0: Uh, yeah, probably going to ask him about Andy Borman, who Penny brought over from the EYBL circuit. Norton Heard certainly knows that circuit well and knows Andy Borman well from the New York Rens. Uh, Penny's now third assistant coach. Maybe we'll ask him too about those rumors we asked Keelan about about you know whether Nike's prepared to have two teams in town when it comes to its grassroots circuit, two Nike EYBL teams. Maybe Team Thad, Team Morant, can uh, mm. maybe touch on that with her. Whether he thinks uh, well, I would that's certainly.
2: I would hope there would be two,
0: right? Rather than consolidating, you know. Correct. I mean, I would hope
2: that you know, and I think there's room. I do. I mean, I think there's enough players in Memphis. I think there's enough brand recognition. Thad Young is still in the NBA. You know, I still I why can't it? Why can't there be two
0: Nike teams in Memphis? I don't I don't think there are any. There. I, I think when we talked to Keelan a couple of a few weeks ago, that there was a lot there was a lot of smoke and it felt like a lot of maybe momentum towards. I don't I don't know that there's as much, and maybe Heard right. can straighten us out. Yeah, I'm looking
2: forward to talking to him about that. So anyway, because that because that would that would constitute a major move in the grassroots basketball, not just in Memphis. It would send ripple effects across mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. um, because you know again you have a. You have a premier AAU team. And team Thad's already premier. You add another one with the Morant name. You know, you have a big time agency stationed here in Memphis. You've got Penny Hardaway at Memphis. I mean it was it, it's just one more step. To becoming the, but what you uh,
0: don't see is NBA stars typically have their grassroots organizations based in the town that they play in. Right. Typically, they're in the either right. hometown or Correct. home
2: state. Like Terrence Parsons, for example. I just am thinking of him. Like his was in Orlando. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he, like he, well, he was. It wasn't Houston. It was Orlando. Right. 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 You know, because you probably figure if you're in an NBA market, there's already been a guy, right? And in this case, there has been that's already kind of stamped it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh with that we're looking forward to catching up with her at 125 so that is the show today but uh look let's get it we got a lot of things to talk about let's do cap or no cap cap
0: it means lion but built different now it's cap i'm gonna say cap for no cap i'm gonna say that that's no cap on 92.9's jason and john
5: show tiger football ryan silverfield isn't making excuses he's keeping it real
2: about the team's Youth is that cap or no cap, John? So we have this clip from yesterday. there was a media availability over at Memphis football yesterday, and I want to I want to play it, and then we can uh we can both weigh in.
4: Yeah. So forty two percent of our starters right now. Again, you guys say, well, Ryan, we got the depth chart; it's thirty nine percent, but it's really forty one, whatever it is. You know, the, the math out of, out of uh, is, is freshman, redshirt freshman, and sophomore. So you look at that, and, and I mentioned this on. um show the other day and the reality is this like and there's no excuses no explanations right but if you look on paper and you say the best recruiting class in program history have been the last years guess what those guys are sophomores and redshirt freshmen or true freshmen those are 18 and 19 year olds and if that's what we've been able to do and then that's the way we're building this thing right when you have a, a 19 year old quarterback a true sophomore quarterback who's the only sophomore right on the quarterback watch list i mean that's phenomenal so you all of a sudden take that and say okay You've got a really good young nucleus. Then you go back to the question about some of those fifth-year seniors, those guys like Quindell Johnson, Wardell, Duxworth that mean the world to our program. Zay Collins have played a lot of football. You, you tie that in, now you really like the core group. No, you don't want to sit there and say every year we're going to make a living out of playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores. But that's kind of the way we're developing this program the right way, and you guys can say, man, well, you always had a good program. Absolutely, but college football has changed dramatically. And there's only one way to do this. If you say, "Well, go out and then buy a bunch of kids from the portal," we're not there right now, and so we're going to continue to do it with that youth. And, and I like their growth so far.
2: So what was the what was the statement, Brad? What was the statement on the on the on the bid here? He isn't making excuses,
5: Ryan Silverfield. He's keeping it real about the team's youth. What would you say after listening to that, John?
2: I, I actually do. I, I I do think he's keeping it real. I don't think he. I don't think it's an excuse. I think it is a fact. And I also don't think that. Um, even if it is a quote-unquote excuse, if that's sort of what he's intending to use it as, that it's going to work, that it's going to be something that people will look up in, you know, November and say, well, the team was, for you know, it's just not going to fly. I think because people here are at a point where they expect Memphis football to win eight games. They expect Memphis to be the class of the non-Power Five and youth be damned. Um, you know, that you have a returning quarterback who put up, you know, big time numbers last year. And so I think people are going to come at it from that perspective. Um, you know, I do think there are challenges at Memphis, but these are not new challenges. These are challenges that every coach at Memphis has faced you know, with the transfer portal. Um, maybe they're uh, exaggerated now because of the penalty being stripped away, right? So I, I, I'll, I, I do sympathize in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, look, I, I don't think Ryan Silverfield believes that, you know, 42% of his depth chart being, you know, freshman or sophomores is going to, you know, be a soft pillow for him at night if he— only wins six games uh, I just I, I don't I don't believe that so I, I think he's keeping it real I, I, I and I think it's okay by the way I think it's okay to point out hey you know we are young but also understand that you know you pick the roster and, and you know when it comes to October November December and if you're not getting it done and you're not winning at a clip you're supposed to be winning at uh, fans are not going to hear that.
0: The the need to do it, though, is it to say we're going to make mistakes? Is it to say, hold on, give me some more time? Right. Because back to the point, for the Memphis football coach, there isn't time. Right. Like, you've got to be on an upward trajectory, and this one's been on a downward trajectory for the last two years. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that, and understandable ones with COVID, the coaching change, the quarterback change. There's plenty of reasons to understand why Memphis is where it is and picked fifth in the AAC this year. Oh, by the way, fifth for a second straight season. Now you're talking about you got to go back to 16, 17, you know, or around those years, maybe even before that a year, before that, to find the last time Memphis has been picked this low in the AAC in consecutive seasons. So it's not, it's not about being. You, you can't do that here at Memphis. It's got to be. Let's, let's be real. It's got to be back on the upward trajectory. Don't and so that. we can say, yeah, well, we're you know, we're 41 percent freshmen and sophomores, and so it might take a little time and. You know, we, the you know we we didn't transfer portal wasn't our strength this off season. You can say that, but in the end, it's what you touched on. Nobody's going to want to hear the excuses if you're not winning eight games or more this year. I mean, I, again, you know, if it's seven and five, could Ryan Silverfield be back for year what four? And everybody's doing this all sure. Nobody's saying you got to go off a of seven and five, but Norvell, third year eight wins. Fuente third year. I want to tell you it was ten wins. It was, and, and, and I will be. I'll keep it real. On Norvell, that eight wins was a step back it was. because the previous season he'd won 10. Now, he comes back the next year and wins 12, but the point was that eight wins, sort of the baseline. Mm-hmm. And again, for a coach in his third season, you got to be there or better. And nobody's going to care at the end of the year if you're 7-5 and five and you're, you're pointing to how young you were. I'm sorry. It's Memphis football. It's, 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 you got to be, as I say, good to great to be moving the needle. And so from that standpoint, we could say, sure, this is genuine. It's the truth. Look at the roster. But the fact is, nobody's going to want to hear it. And so th- that's what you're paid to do. And, again, it's, it's, to me, it's eight, it's eight or bust for me. Mm-hmm. To, to, for, for Like I said, John, it's about positioning yourself to take over this league or be right there with SMU when Houston, Cincy, and UCF leave next year. And yes. a sixth-place finish isn't going to get that – isn't going to really – look like well, your you position. That, that, that,
2: that is unacceptable. Six place is unacceptable. I mean, especially with a returning quarterback and returning, like, skilled position players. and yeah, because, because senior your, leadership well, your, on the defensive your side. Your freshman
0: quarterback, he played last year, so he got that He experience. was the dude. Right. He was the you guy. Right, and now he's on the list, the only sophomore right. on there, so right. you can't keep pointing back to... No, I, I, I'm glad you brought up the history
2: of third years because, to be completely fair, we did the same thing with, with Penny. We said Josh got to the tournament by his third year. Uh, you know, or fourth year, right? Cal got there by his fourth year. Larry Finch got there by his fourth. I mean, we went through that and we applied the same standard to look, yep, you had challenges like everybody else, but historically at Memphis, the coach gets there in the first three or four years, right? Mm -hmm. Penny went out after a really rough start and he got the job done and he made a tournament appearance, which was what, which was the bare minimum. But very necessary, and he deserves credit for the way that you turn it around, right? And now the program has some momentum going into 2022. So for Ryan Silverfield, I do. I think it's very fair to, you know, 10 wins. I don't think you have to put that on him, but eight. It's like you said, if Wintae can win 10 games in his third year mm-hmm. with the mess he was. inherited, right? Yes. Then Ryan Silverfield should certainly be able to win eight. And that's not us being unfair at all, right? The schedule, I mean, the schedule, I'm looking at the schedule right behind your head right now. Yeah. I'm, it's a constant reminder
0: that ain't, that that schedule ain't that tough. Well, first two on the road, but you're going that, that second team's the team is a team that's picked tenth in your conference out of eleven teams, and then four of your first six are, are at home. The next four are at home, after and first you're playing the Arkansas
2: State. You're playing North Texas. You know, I mean, these are teams that you must beat at home. I,
0: I mean, uh, the non-negotiable. I mean, there's a good chance to be four and one going to that Houston game where you get Houston, and that's at home, mm-hmm. and you can win that one. Yeah, I mean, you, it's at home. I mean, I, I think that's frankly what they need. To again keep them front page, to keep people talking about the program, you need that kind of start. Um, and and again, we all know it's going to be tough down in Starkville. Wow, you go down there and shock the world, then you got even more momentum to build on. But nobody's even holding you to that. These are these are these are realistic. It, it's not expect. It should be standards now. Yep. Not expectation should be the standard now, eight or more. And frankly, I think again with a quarterback who's been through it last year, got all that experience with this. What should be a, a a run game that's back for the first time, really since nineteen? You've got a a dynamic running game. I, I think they can be, John. I really do. And they've got some leaders on that defensive side. Yes. The, the key is getting that offense back to how explosive it used to be. Exactly. And if you can, if you can get there, and you're gonna got, give yourself
2: a you chance got, every you got, Saturday, you got some pieces in place for that. The
0: yeah. interesting thing for Ryan is if he makes it through this year
5: and and he meets at least the bar, gets a lot easier after this year.
0: It
2: does. I mean, gets a hell of a lot easier now, after now, this now, year. the, well, the, the next, bar, the bar probably gets higher for him. That's the that's the unintended hundred percent
0: because of who's leaving the conference.
2: So eight, and eight so, becomes nine, right? Next year year's year
5: standard should go to 9 or 10, folks. I'm sorry because you're in a slaw conference. I mean, that that's not – I don't think that's unrealistic You're, you're saying either. it
0: gets easier by schedule, yeah. but back to John's point, the, the standard's going to go up in terms of how yeah. many you've got to win. So you can look at that as more pressure because you've got less margin for error. Yeah, because people will
2: yep. people will, so, people will accept eight wins in this league with UCF and Houston and, and Cincinnati, right? SMU. They will not accept – well, SMU staying. Yeah, they'll stay. But but they that'll will be not hard, That'll
5: be your hardest game next year.
2: I mean, it probably will be, right? I mean, SMU's going to be the team that you're probably contending with every year on the football field for the championship. I mean, you might have a, you know, random year of UAB or something, but uh that's going to be the majority of it. So, um UAB's coming, right? Yes. I didn't make that up, did I? No, that's that's next year. Yeah, UAB Oh, and, you're talking about to the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Next year American. So, so, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I think 9 wins becomes the 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 bare minimum. I mean, 9 and 3 now, like, look—if you have three SEC games that year, that's one thing. But you're not going to have three SEC games most years. So, yep. Well, it's just like Josh and Cal when they were in a week. for right. USA I mean, and what you expected. Yeah, to I do. mean, fourteen and two was pretty much what you had to go. Standard, yeah. I mean, because you're going to have more resources than anybody else. You're going to have more, you know, uh, talent than anybody else. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Like that's, you know, that's the that's the cross you bear mm-hmm. when you are, you know, the best team, in a, and it's like it's like you know
0: it's no different than.
2: Coastal Carolina, right in their league, like they they still find a way to be in the top twenty-five. Oh, I'm, I'm optimistic,
0: you know. I didn't they've got they've got the personnel
2: to go eight four. But you get past those first two, which should be a split all day long, and then you know everything's here in Memphis. I mean, and and it's against Arkansas State and North Texas and Temple. I mean, it's just you, you got to find a way. Now you know people are going to be listening. They're going to say, "Oh, you guys are in." No, I mean it's, it's 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 that's how it lays out. I mean, that's the way it should be. Um, so I I don't know if he's making excuses. I, I don't I don't think he intends to use them as that. Um, but I, I just know that if people are not going to be saying, "Oh well, that team was so young if they end up going five and seven or six and six. That's mm-hmm. just not going to fly. The big topic yesterday we talked about was
5: Joris Ray. Joris Ray got all the money, cap or no cap, <laughs> on his
2: way out the door. Well, he he did. He got well, be, I, I don't know, all the money, but he got all, he got what he wanted. He I, got all the money. <laughs> He got what he wanted, which was uh, a severance package of four hundred eighty thousand. Four hundred eighty k. Um, everybody unanimously agreed upon it to uh, to send him away. Look, th- to me, there was no way based on the evidence and the things that we that we knew there was really no way that he could credibly continue in the job. Um, you know, could could they have? Uh, should they have said, "Well, we're not we're just going to send you out with the"? With the parachute like this I think that's you know by the way the
5: the package was a half million dollars I didn't read that d- d- detail in the in the I just knew he was gone that brother gone but yeah, half
2: four, mil 480k and then a year of, uh health insurance right mm-hmm. <sighs> so that's the that is the that is the package for uh for George Ray I'd take that deal yeah I mean it was his deal he came up with it so <laughs> I mean he, he got it you know, and then I'm again. I'm not so I'm not equipped enough to know like what the alternatives could have been. Could they have said half? Could they have said three-fourths of that? It 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 does
0: feel uh, you know ludicrous. Well, because we don't have the findings of the investigation, which now gets buried because George has decided to go the resignation route. So the 19k that they spent on the actual investigation. To, again, get to the bottom of, okay, did you abuse your power here? Did you put people in positions that you'd had to with? We, we don't ever, we, we, we never get, we'll, we'll never see it because of this resignation. We won't get the answers on that. So to, back to your point, in terms of how you were going to base it, do you cut some of the severance down based on what was in the investigation? It all gets set to the side because he elects to resign and you throw it out the window. And so this was Joris Ray's proposal, the basic half million that Brad's talking about. Yeah, he asked for the $480,000, and they voted 8-0 to give it to him. God uh, bless America. Basically to pay him to walk away. And so what a deal for Joris Ray in this sense because, again, you don't get to the bottom of the investigation. That never becomes any further publicized. And so the idea, hey, maybe eventually he can work in someone else's school system as a superintendent, move on. Yeah, because it's not going to be on his – from my, not on his personnel record because wow. this file now will just get buried. So It's a
5: settlement, essentially, to,
6: to yes, walk away. Yes, a settlement that he asked yeah. for,
0: and they were perfectly fine with his first wow. proposal. With the four hundred and eighty thousand. So again, what you know, if you wanted to whittle that down, go back and right. forth with them, they, they could have done that, but they elected to, to just give him the four eighty and let him roll. It's a it's a hell of a deal to walk away. And again, your record for the most part, it never officially says, Yes, I abused my power. Now we know the story here and we know what that investigation was looking into because of the divorce decree which named the you know, the the, 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 the women he had allegedly had affairs with that are in Memphis City schools, but again, on his own personnel record. No, oh, this thing gets buried. So wow. it's a great deal for George Ray deal. as far as I'm concerned. It's the deal he wanted. He knew he was between a rock and a hard place. Yep. And, again, they, they could have voted, you know, no, he's out and ended everything. He gets no money. So, of course, he's going to want this yeah. settlement, and that's the way it went. All right, so they got to get a new superintendent of schools then. That yeah, looks like. and, they, and, and last time they just they went with the interim guy and canceled the national search. I think we know this time you're going to go national and probably stay with national.
5: All right, let's go to our guy James Wade, who is the Chicago Sky coach. You should never fade, James Wade. Is that
2: cap or no cap,
0: John Martin? It's John saying so? I got to let
2: him, never fade, James him Wade. Roll. We're moving on, folks. I mean, a lot of people yesterday were doubting. Uh, I got a lot of. <laughs> I got a lot of sca- from Memphis. I got a lot of scary texts uh, in the third
0: quarter. Got a well, lot- they cut it to three, John. I got a lot of scary texts. In the, the Liberty third quarter. did,
2: yeah. And uh, So this is Chicago Sky and the New York Liberty. Yeah, they were in the third game of that three-game series. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's the coach
5: of the Sky and he's a, he's, executive of the year. From executive Memphis. of the year.
2: That's exactly NBA, WNBA champion. Amazing. Um, and I got a lot of scary texts. You know, saying, "Man, you know what's going on here? We're we're kind of kind of shaky a little bit." I what's said, "What's going on? Hold on, man. What 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 four words do we live by? What's our mantra? Never fade. James Wade. Them folks went on like a twenty-four-zero run." Like
0: <laughs> for it was sixteen zero for real.
2: Like it was like like it was nuts. It was crazy. Once New
0: York cut it to three, yes. yeah.
2: They started taking over there in the fourth quarter, um, and so now they are moving on uh, in the postseason. Who do they have?
0: The winner of the Suns Wings tonight. Okay, so Sun Wings That'll tonight. That'll start on Sunday.
2: That will be the Semifinals. Sun. So the Sun should move on. Yeah. Uh, sharp action is on the Connecticut Sun tonight. Just so you know. So it should be Sun and Sky, and I have to believe that the sky will be the favorite in that series as well. It'll be a Sky Aces WNBA championship. That's kind of where I'm at with it. And I think the Aces will win. I think the a- I mean the I a- I don't know if you saw what they did to the Mercury the other night. Good grief, bro. The Aces beat them folks by like forty.
0: Yeah, they're 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 trouble for my sky. And
2: and they weren't yeah. even playing their they weren't even playing their uh, yeah the one thing about the WNBA that just blows my mind is that they will they will defensively, they will leave the shooter so much space, bro. I'm like, can we close out <laughs> once? Because, like, they can shoot, man. Like, there's so many shooters oh, in, the, in the WNBA, man. Yeah. And, like, for whatever reason, I don't know if they're scared to get called for a foul or whatever, but it's like they, they get way too many open looks for, for my liking, you know, just generally, anecdotally speaking. Um, But, yeah, you can't fade James Wade. If you see James Wade, don't fade him. I mean, you got to tell James Wade. I mean, if you guys are smart, you'll just like you're like I ain't betting on the WNBA uh, girls basketball. You should bet on it's James Wade. Girls basketball. You should <laughs> bet on James Wade, bro, because James Wade is gonna get you paid. Never fade James Wade. You'll get paid. How many different ways can I say it, man? You know,
0: not, not not very many more. I'm
2: trying to give you the blueprint here. You can make a little bit of money before. Well, I ain't gonna bet on no damn girls basketball. They don't even know how to dunk. Uh,
0: the great executive of the year, James Wade, a uh, North Side High School uh, uh, alum. Nice. Follows 719 people. Guess who the last follow was.
6: Hmm. Who's that?
0: Who is it? The Daily Memphian. Oh. James Wade getting back in touch with his Memphis roots. I think the Memphian wrote a story about him winning executive of the year. That's This is this always this Memphis connection. I was watching him last night, and, and I don't know. I've enjoyed watching the WNBA here to close out the regular season and these playoffs, and not just because it feels like it's the only thing on. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, the coverage of it, the play itself, and my girl Candace Parker, mm-hmm. who John said was washed. <laughs> Woo! 14, 13, and 8 last night. Tried to put up, I think it would have been the fourth double, uh, the fourth triple double in WNBA history. She came up a little short and then going to have Holly afterwards, John, asking her, well, you couldn't get those last two assists? She told Holly, well, Holly, I'm old. She is, she is so talented. So accomplished. She blew the layup, so up, though. So beautiful. Candace Parker blew what layup? She blew the layup she, in the she fourth had key, quarter, man. She had a key three-point play where she got the reverse and, and nailed it know, and but, got fouled. What are you talking about? She she blew. Some of us had over 165 and a half, bro. Did I just read, did I just read to you she almost had a triple-double? Yeah, but she like blew the layup. There's nothing washed about Candace Parker or missing some layup. You're talking about one when did, layup. When did it a, finish on? 164? I have no idea. 162. 162. The, the final?
2: Yeah, the, what the t- I think the total
0: was 162, right? Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, the, 90 to 72. Yeah. Wouldn't it matter. You're looking at the wrong stuff.
2: Uh, she should have made the layup, bro. You know, tough critics, <laughs> toughest critic. You know, uh, I I do think though it's gonna be it's gonna be Aces guy. And like I know people will be tuned into uh, people will be tuned to NFL and all that college football. But like, that's gonna be a hell of a basketball series there.
0: Yeah, and the, and the smart money's probably on the aces. Of course it is. Yeah. But, but here uh, on this show, we're rooting for James Wade and for Candace Parker, the Chicago Sky to win back-to-back titles. They're moving on to the semifinals uh, after winning over the New York Liberty last night, So that is no cap. Never fade
5: James Wade. If never you want to be them. paid. If you want to be paid.
0: In, if in you'd May have faded him in game one, you'd have, been, you'd have been you'd have been right. Yeah. But we show the next two games, right. don't do that.
2: So, so 67% of the time. Yeah. James Wayne do don't come through
5: for you. That's a hell of a clip. So it's no cap. No cap. Finally, let's go to the NFL. Derek Carr is immune to the Brady rumors by now. Is that cap or no cap? This, oh, poor, this poor guy.
2: Big cap. John? Huge cap. This poor guy. Top
5: hat cap. Poor Derek Carr. It's the,
2: it's the biggest cap you've ever seen in your whole life, right? That joint like, hit the ceiling. That's how big that cap is. I don't think there's any way to be. I mean, I think he's he, he has been through a lot um, in, in terms of being – constantly doubted constantly second-guessed um you know gruden always had that wander knife was the report right like he always wanted to i don't remember who the quarterback was in the draft a few years ago but there there were rumors that they're gonna draft this guy they're gonna draft that guy um so he has always had to sort of watch his back in a way that most qbs that have his production line have not like Kirk cousins doesn't have to worry about it i mean Kirk cousins sucks he's not a winner you know, he's, he he doesn't he doesn't win games. You know, Derek Carr got to the playoffs last year with you and me running routes. I mean, it's just true, right? Darren Waller missed a lot of time last year. Hmm. Um,
0: Renfro's a good route
2: runner. He is, but, I mean, come on, bro. I'll like, give it to you. You know, Derek Carr made that happen. I give him a lot of credit. I've been hard on him, too. Um, but I think if you're a human being, it's impossible not to be affected by, like, like I'm still having to deal with this stuff. I'm still having to hear about this. I mean, I got Devontae Adams now. I got you know Waller's healthy. Renfro. We got like real players, and I'm still having to hear about Brady from two years ago. Like, when will this story freaking die? Um, part of it is, you know, basketball. Robbie, should not basketball. Part of it is professional sports, um, and you have to know what comes with the territory. You know, you're people are always going to be looking for the next great, great thing, and it is the greatest of all time. It's not like they're talking about replacing him with Jalen Hurts, you know. But I I think it's impossible on a human level to not be affected. And I think it's going to motivate him. I think it's going to motivate him into having –
0: I'm putting it out there. I'm stamping it. He's going to have his best year uh, of his career this year. So I don't think he's affected by this. I think we're on opposite sides. I, I get that it's Tom Brady, and you're absolutely right. Like, he's always asked this. He's always asked about, okay, you know, are they happy with you? Are you the guy? Does, are you are you content with this organization's belief in you? And it seems like at some point you you would have graduated from that. So so I do feel for him in that way. But it's what he said. He says it really doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, look, look listen to the way he phrased this. Anything I say will just be blasted out there. So I'm just going to completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football. And you know why that's easier? Because you got Devontae Adams and oh, you got Waller and you got Renfro. So it's real easy right now to focus on just playing football. Oh by the way, this was a couple of years ago. So, I mean, frankly, it sounds like he – does he still live next door to John Gruden? I, I thought John like he, Gruden lives in Vegas anymore. Well, it sounds like he needs to uh, go give the man a kiss because, in this case, John Gruden elected, his house. elected to stick with him. But it's behind you now. And here two years later, you could argue you got a better situation than Tom Brady does down in Tampa Bay, frankly, with your weapons right now, especially your offense. And so from that standpoint – and he's smart. He knows if I feed into this at all – they're going to run with it, and it becomes a storyline for longer than I wanted to. I'm going to control the story by saying nothing, and so and, and I don't just think it's saying it and controlling it and knowing and good PR. I think again, when you've got an offense like he's got, it's real easy to focus on that. So um, from that standpoint, I think you know Derek Carr said the right things here, and no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be uh, overly affect him in any way in terms of any kind of lingering effect on him yeah. in the season. He's going to be thinking, well, what if they had got Tom Brady? No, he's going to be focused on making the next pass this season. Yeah, he's going to throw for 50. Probably 52 5, 5,300 yards. Didn't Tom Brady throw for like 5,400, 5,300 last year or something yeah. crazy? Yeah. He's going to be up over 5,000 yards. Well, that I wonder offense. what the, I wonder what
2: the total is on his uh, – on his because I I'm, I I tend to be with you. I tend to believe if Tom Brady can go over 5,000 last year, I guarantee you Derek Carr is going to be right well, there. And, like, they don't trust their running game anymore, right? They don't trust uh, Josh Jacobs as far as they can throw him anymore for whatever reason. He's just falling out of favor with the new staff. So I would like to look but that But he's got up. to run, though, right, because y'all cut Kenyon Drake. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a, oh, you
0: got the rookie though,
2: Zamir White, Zemir, yeah, That's right. so it's going to be more than just Josh Jacobs, right? It's no, you're be, right, you got a couple. I like, I like him though. By the way, I like Zamir White. Wait, you need to, you
0: need to like Derek. You heard it here first, Derek Carr, five thousand plus.
2: All right, let's see player totals. Let's see. Let's see if we can do. We have Derek Carr. We sure do. 50 and a half. Bro, over. Jump on it. Oh yeah, look at Tom Brady's year last year. I mean you realize that they have him as a with a with four hundred this is one book. They have him with four hundred and fifty more yards than Aaron, right? Four hundred and fifty more yards than Aaron? Yeah. Mm. I mean he, he he's got the same total as Joe Burrow. He's got he's got more than um Josh Allen. Over. Y'all aren't running the ball. Josh Allen, huh? I mean that's kind of crazy to consider that. Is there anybody that has is Derek Carr? Oh, they Tom have, Brady threw for 5,300 yards last they year. They have Matt Stafford at 4,500, Pat yeah. Mahomes at 4,650 and a half, Tom Brady
0: 4,600 and a half. Would you go over Tom Brady 4,600 and a half? All about this year with that offensive line, bro. Again, Tom Brady last year 5,300 yards. You're telling me over or under on Derek Carr 4,500? 4, that's that's 4,450 and a half. Over.
2: 4,450 and a half. But it looks like he's he's going to flirt with 5,000. It looks like the lowest is uh, available is Carson Wentz. And his total is thirty five hundred. Under that, under that, way under. Carson went. Wow. Carson Wentz stinks. Uh, anyway, there you have it. That's today's edition of Cap or No Cap. <laughs> Barrett Jones is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him about
0: Alabama football. Talk to him about SEC college football and more on the other side. Stick around, Jason and John. Now, do you turn to Fam? ESPN. Fanduel wants you to be ready for game day when college football kicks off. Yes, this week with week zero. Right now, new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets guaranteed for week one. Yes, new customers, you can do it. Just place a $5 bet and you can get $150 in free bets, win or lose, Uh, our next guest, Barrett Jones, would know about this Alabama football team. If you got free money, you might as well put it on an Alabama future to win, as our man John Martin has done. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now's the perfect time to give it a shot. The app's easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds, and when you win, you're going to get paid fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel app today, sign up with the promo code JSmith, and place a $5 bet to get, yes, $150 in free bets guaranteed to kick off the college football season. That's JSMITH on the promo code only on FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of Odyssey. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable. Free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. Gambling problem. Call Tennessee. Redline 1 800 889. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas,
3: Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
0: Seven eight nine.
2: Barrett Jones is a Memphian. He is a three-time BCS national champion. He joins us now, Barrett. What's up, brother
0: man?
6: Guys, how we doing? It's, uh, we're almost there. I can smell the clean-cut grass. Uh, football season is upon us, and I, for one, am so tired of watching baseball highlights and any other sport that is. Just inferior to football, so I can't wait. Every year, I try to convince myself that you know, hey, there's a lot of other sports out there that are really good. But then once football season gets around, I'm like, nah, this is the best. So it's uh, it's a great time of year. The weather hopefully will cool off, and we'll get some. Some great football.
2: Exactly right. So uh, the news this week is that uh, your former coach, Nick Saban, got a new deal uh, on on an average of $11.7 million per year through February 2030. How many of those M's do you feel personally responsible for? Like two, three?
6: (laughs) Well, I I still would argue he's one of the most underpaid people in sports. I know that sounds crazy, but uh, I, I, I I wish someone way smarter than me would do like an economic impact study. Uh, of Nick Saban on the state of Alabama because if you look at even just the balance sheet of the school, uh, it's unbelievable the difference before he got there and and, uh, and after he's gotten there. I mean, I, I think Alabama used to be like 30% out of state, and now it's like 60% out of state. People want to come from all over the country because they want a great football experience. And, hey, just remember Mel Tucker makes like $9.5 million a year, and Nick Saban only makes like $2 million a year more than him. That's a deal, wow. all right? Nick Saban is worth $25 million at least, honestly. Now, he doesn't really care, probably. He doesn't want money, uh, and he knows that would be a bad look, or maybe he would want that. I don't know. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's uh, when you look at some of the other coaches getting paid a lot and then you compare it to what Nick Saban makes for six national championships, I think it's a pretty good deal uh, to get him for whatever he asks for. I imagine the negotiations are kind of like, so what do you want to make this year? And he's like, well, I guess we'll just – index for inflation a little bit and they're like well I guess inflation is you know eight and a half percent now so we need to, need to give you a little bump uh, make sure you're not losing any purchasing power but I, I think he's going to get around just fine with the 11.7 a year
0: now my partner believes that Nick's going to take that money and not just win the uh, a national title again this year but also run the table in the regular season go 12 and0 uh, is he right Barrett and how 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 tough is it going to be to do so in terms of that regular season they go 12 and0
6: Yeah, I I think they will. Um, You know, I I still, I know Georgia obviously lost a lot, but I kind of think both of those teams are going to run the table. Uh, I I think that to me, the SEC this year, those two guys are cut above the rest in each league. I mean, there's some teams that might surprise, you know, maybe Tennessee in the East, who knows, maybe maybe A&M, even though there's still a lot of question marks there, but uh, when I look at just the rosters top to bottom, those two rosters are vastly superior to anybody else, and you know could could they lose a the game absolutely could either team lose they sure sure they could i don't think uh, i'm ready to say either either one of them is unbeatable but uh, i think they'll be heavily favored in in every game they play both of those teams in the regular season
2: um you know one of the one of the the darlings the the preseason media darlings has been tennessee do you are you believing the hype
6: uh it depends on what the hype is you know am i am i believe I've talked to some Tennessee fans that, you know, are maybe they've gone a little too far with the hype. You know, there's, there's, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think, uh, I think Tennessee finally figured out what a lot of schools need to figure out, which is, you know, you can't just go bang your head against Alabama and Georgia playing the exact same way they play, you know, with inferior talent, honestly. I mean, and, and look, Tennessee's got some great players. But obviously, they're they're not anywhere near the two teams I just listed. You got to have some kind of system or way that you do things that you believe in that kind of equalizes the playing field. And I think they've kind of found that. Uh, it seems like people are really buying into what Josh Heupel is doing, uh, and they have a, a lot of really good pieces that make sense for that offense. So, you know, defensively, I think there's still a lot of question marks, uh, and they're going to have to score a bunch of points if they want to uh, have the kind of season I think they they hope to have. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, they they could be vastly improved, uh, and, and who knows, maybe even get the double digits if they really uh, reach their full potential.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you just said you think they're going to run the table, but of those road games Tennessee's included, is it the trip to Fayetteville, is it the trip to Knoxville, or or, or Oxford? Which one of those would concern you the most, I guess, Barrett? Which one's the most losable, if, if, if that's the way to ask the question?
6: Oh, I, I guess it would be Tennessee. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I still think... You know, Arkansas. Even though they've made some big improvements, uh, that's those are that's not. Even though they scored a bunch of points on Alabama last year, that's not typically the kind of mm-hmm. teams that give them trouble. I mean, teams that, that run the football a lot, that are, want to be physical in the box. Alabama still generally knows how to do that pretty well. So, uh, I think that, that offense, uh, the Tennessee runs, probably is something that I'm not going to say keeps Nick Saban up at night, but it, but probably worries him because sure. I know tempo. Uh, you know, he's such a chess master and has such a great feel for how to make adjustments that that's that kind of ability is neutralized just a little bit when teams go at lightning speed because you know and that's by the way why a lot of teams do that when they go so fast is because you know you're not really able to make substitutions or get into exotic packages or call a lot of blitzes and what you end up doing is you get a lot of really basic looks because that's all the defense has time to communicate in and now teams have gotten better they've gotten better they've where they have some you know one word blitzes where they just say hey one word they might say fire fire and that means we're going to run a you know some kind of blitz and and everyone knows what they what they're doing so teams have started to adjust but it's still really hard uh to to just make a lot of exotic calls or make adjustments on the fly when offenses are going that quickly so I still think that's probably what what uh, worries Nick Saban the most? So I, I'll go with Knoxville.
2: I, I'm sure. Right. I, I'm sure with the majority of your clients, you probably advise them to uh, run to the sports book and just put all their you know disposable income down there. Well, uh, some
6: that that and Bitcoin. That's yes, what I them.
2: <laughs> yes. I mean it's, that it's, was a,
6: that was a joke, by the way. Just I, just, I don't get any <laughs> actual legal trouble.
2: Inflation hedge yeah. uh, a Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, but uh, over at least at one sports book, Will Anderson has attracted more bets than any other player. To win the Heisman, that doesn't mean he's going to do it. But what do you what do you think about that? Why, why why are people so in love with the chances of Will Anderson winning the Heisman?
6: Well, I think Will Anderson is the most talented player in college football. I think he probably was last year. Honestly, I mean, I, I think you know, as crazy as it sounds, probably the two best players are on the same team this year, which is which is pretty bizarre. Uh, but he he's he's transcendent. I mean, you know, if I had to just boil it down to the simplest way possible. Uh, there's a lot of guys you go against that are really strong and really powerful, and there's other guys you go against that are really quick and fast and have an unbelievable get-off, and then you occasionally have uh, an absolute freak like Will Anderson, who is incredibly powerful and incredibly fast, and so he's a total package. I mean, he's exactly... I'm going to be shocked if he's not the number one overall pick next year, uh, unless I guess some quarterback just emerges that's a can't-miss kind of guy because of the value of that position, but he, he's that talented and he's a, a generational type player in my opinion so uh yeah i guess that's why i you know i would my retort to that would just be the heisman is only as good as its voters and and we've seen the reluctance of voters in the past to actually make something like that happen I mean, Dominic and dominican sue is a guy who you know came came kind of close to making a little bit of buzz and he was pretty transcendent so it would have to be well it's going to have to be almost some lucky plays by Will Anderson and I'm not I, hear me on this it's not because i think he needs the luck to be good but like he's going to need some lucky plays where like the ball falls into his hand and he makes like some great you got to score touchdowns right i mean like uh you got to you got to have some like highlight real style, style plays that are not just sacks mm-hmm. uh or maybe they'll put him in on offense you know that always seems to work to get attention maybe they'll give him the ball the goal line one time i don't know what they're going to do but you, you almost got to have some flashiness if you're a defensive guy. Uh, hey, maybe they'll put him back there to return a putt. Who knows? You know, he's he's athletic enough. He could probably do it. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to see an actual pass just because I've seen the way the voters have voted in the past. But I, I, you know, if you, if you want to say we could get in a whole long conversation about what, what the Heisman trophy is actually supposed to be versus how the voters vote, but they tend to vote, you know, for the best offensive player. So I'm not sure I'm buying the hype only because. Uh, of the voters, uh, even though probably I think he is the most talented player in college football this season.
0: You know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a person out there who's given us more insight on, on Nick Saban, his mind, how he works. So I've been eager to ask you this question since I, I, I guess it made news earlier this month, I want to say. Najee Harris, obviously first-round pick of the Steelers going into his second season, said that when it came to that line, right, that Nick Saban, he felt like belittled him. Now we know, I mean, this is a master of motivation that he pushes you guys to a level that, you know, John and I, us civilians, couldn't stand. We'd be out of there, you know, before the end of the day. But with with that line, uh, Barrett, what what did you ever see anybody get belittled? How how far would that line go? And and when you saw Najee's comments, what did you think?
6: Yeah, I never saw that personally. You know, like I, I think Nick is a smart guy, and uh, you know what, what I know. We, we don't always like to think about it this way, but it, culture's changed a lot, honestly, in the last the last few years. And I think Nick Saban actually does a really good job of that of understanding. Uh, I think like when I go to practices now, the things that I see him say to play, like he, he's way more gentle <laughs> than he used to be. Mm. And like, uh, and now let me say it didn't bother me. You know, that's just kind of the way things were. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the justification necessarily for, for right or wrong, but I, I never felt that way personally. And I, you know, I, I got coached hard and I saw a lot of guys get coached hard and it didn't really bother him. So, yeah. you know, I think that maybe that's some personal preference and, there's a lot of different, a lot of different backgrounds coming in there of kind of what you're used to, but right, right. I, I never felt like there was any belittling going on from what I what I observed. And so, you know, again, he's a smart guy. I, I do think he's made a lot of adjustments because he understands uh, just the, the way things are going and kind of what you're able to say and what frustrates guys and how they respond. You know, ultimately, he just wants guys to respond and get better. And, I don't think there's anyone who's played for him that, that can say they didn't get better playing for him. So, yeah. you know, I, I didn't witness that, but uh, you know, again, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one.
2: We're talking to Barrett Jones here on the show, former Alabama Crimson Tide, three-time national champion. On the show, we have not talked to you yet about. Uh, college athletics and just the the landscape and how much has has changed in the off season with USC and UCLA now going to be proud members of the Big Ten, uh, Oklahoma and in uh, Texas I could stomach in the SEC like there was at least some like I, I could make that work on a map right this is like we've le- we've completely left the station at this point what do you just what's your assessment of everything we've seen this off season and and, and where college athletics is going in terms of you know what it looks like.
6: Well, look, I think we talked about it last year a little bit, and we started to see signs. It almost took like you know a year and a half for everyone to realize, okay, wait, we're like we're not pretending anymore that this is you know amateurism. And, and you know they changed the rule with an IL, which I think everyone knew was going to open floodgates. I'm not sure we realized it would be this much, but you know the schools kind of quit pretending pretending as well. Like everyone was kind of disguise that hey, it's amateurism, what's all. And so once the players stop pretending and now they can get paid and the schools were like hey we're gonna stop pretending too we don't we don't care you know we don't really care if you guys have to fly across the country we don't care if we're gonna have uh you know rutgers against uh ucla you know a a cross country flight like that that doesn't bother us as long as we can make more money and i'm not necessarily even saying that's wrong i'm just saying that it's just the reality of what we're in now is that hey if the the, the schools are kind of saying if the players if they're gonna get paid then we're gonna we're going to quit pretending like we're not just going to try to get as much money as possible and we're going to go out there and do it. So is it good, man? I don't know. Uh, it's, I would say it's too early to tell, uh, it's too early to tell whether it's good good or not. I I do think there's a chance that over the next couple of years, it it could mix up, you know, who, who the top dogs are in college football. I I think ultimately the the money's going to matter. And so if, if USC and Texas A&M and people like that want, want to dump a lot of money into recruits and these collectives, you know, tradition and history can only get you so far. So, you know, I think of even a school like Alabama, like Alabama, uh, as great as they are, and obviously as long as Nick Saban's there, I think they're going to be fine. But there's just naturally not going to be quite the the green uh, firepower uh, in a place like Alabama as there is in, you know, Texas a and or, or Los Angeles or somewhere like that. So how how is it all going to turn out? I have no idea. Is it good for college football? I don't know. Uh, is it necessary, though? Probably. I mean, there was just too much money being made for, for there not uh, to be a chance for these guys to make some money. You know, it's just, you, it's hard to look at a, a business model where you're making, you know, a hundred million dollars plus of revenue and then see, you know, cultural ball players that are, are doing fine by the way, that that, that was, that to me was a a, a, a exhausted, over-exaggerated narrative. Like the players were having to, you know, scrape by like they, they're doing, they were doing fine. They had plenty of food, plenty of money for rent and everything, but you know now they're getting at least some share of that um i still don't know what it's going to look like i think we're we're far from done with our changes there's going to be more confidence realignment you know do we ultimately go to some kind of revenue sharing model i i honestly don't know uh there's there's going to be a lot of changes over the next couple of years and i honestly have no idea what it's going to look like uh it will it be different in the locker room yeah but but I, i'm not one of these guys that thinks college football is over and it's ultimately going to end i think there's still just such a desire for it and i still don't think that you know the average high school player is ready for the NFL as soon as they get out, so there's got to be something for those guys to do and wait for them to develop so anyway, we could probably talk about that. I could probably do an hour long podcast on all my different thoughts because it's it's just a complicated it's very complicated i don't think anyone really knows how it's going to finish. Uh, I would love for us to still i still would love for there at some point to be a commissioner of college football. I think that would be solve a lot of these problems, but the problem is there's just no motivation to have one I mean all these conference commissioners. It's, it's not bad that that's their jobs is to do what's best for their conference, so they're doing that they, they don't they're not supposed to care about college football as a whole they're supposed to care about their conference and making the money and hey, you got to give it to uh, Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey they're doing a really good job of that of making sure that their members are getting a lot of money and uh, again that's where the recruits are going to end up as well as where the money is so uh those those are a few of my thoughts. We'll see where things go from here, uh, but I-, I think it's still going to be a fun season and I-, I do think over a long period of time it's going to open us up more to more than just the, you know, Clemson-Bama National Championships over and over, which I think for a lot of fans will be a good thing.
0: Last thing Barrett, out, that Texas A&M team, where well, we know every one of those players bought, you owe them from last year, then you had the back and forth and Jimbo's transgressions. What are y'all going to do with them on October 8th? Y'all <laughs> going to wipe the floor with them?
6: Well, I'll be there, uh, first of all. so they're, they're having a reunion that weekend. Oh. Uh, so I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be, I still, I still just think A&M's got a lot of issues. Like, I, they, mm-hmm. Number one being, I still don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I mean, that, you can't win this day and age, like a national championship, without a really good quarterback. Sorry. And I, I'm, still, I'm still not sure who that guy is at A&M. They've got a ton of players, a ton of talent. But I need to see who their quarterback's going to be. they got to play some offensive ball. Now, they've got a lot of guys, and they're going to be good over a long period of time. And ultimately, they'll probably get it figured out. I'm just not sure it's this year. And, you know, I, I know – I, I know Nick Saban, man. They are geared up. I, I thought, I thought that whole thing was honestly ridiculous. I thought what Nick Saban said was like anyone in the college football community knows that all those guys were paid for. And hey, it's fine. Like it's basically legal. Right. What they did. Right. So, I mean, it's certainly not going to be enforceable by the NCAA right now, who has uh, about as much power as uh, you know the 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 same impact on college football that uh, you or I do. Right. The NCAA right now. So. I'm fine that they bought their class. Like that's not a big deal. Like everyone knows that though. So for Jimbo to act all sensitive about it and then to lash out, I just never got that. It looked it looked really weak on his part to me. Anyway, I'm probably biased on that. I think it's going to be a whipping, and I can't wait to be there to watch it. Definitely no. hey, whipping
2: should be a blast. Hey Baron. Barrett, thank you, brother. Appreciate it as always, dude. Thank you. All
6: right, thank, hey, I, I'll, I'll I'll be on. I can be on with you guys more this year. I'm I actually I'm uh, not not calling games this year, so hung it up. Hey, decided. After five years, uh, it was a good run, but uh, lot, it was a lot of time on the road. Just had the second kid, so I'm, uh, I'll be staying home and uh, grinding away here from Memphis.
2: Love it, man! It Sounds like a good plan. You. We will take advantage of it. Thanks, Barrett. Thanks,
6: Barrett. Thanks guys. Yep, Bye,
2: he is Barrett Jones. Uh, there you go. A little bit of news. Not going to be. I, th- I thought he was great, but I understand too. I mean, it's not his
0: full-time gig, and you just had another kid. Yeah, second child. That's, that's, that's putting a lot on mom too. Yeah, you know,
2: when you're going on those weekends. So I understand, I understand Makes I'll take him up on that
0: uh
5: more time on 929 oh, two nine. part DSB of that. Lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Our if he game. can come on and no we'll pleasure. let him plug his uh financial services even. Well, we'll <laughs> ask.
2: Yeah. That's one thing we'll do. You know, that's we, what we do at this radio station. We will ask. So yeah. anyway, thanks to Brian for on. joining us on the show. We'll come back. Uh Norton Hurt the 4th is going to join us. Uh later in the show. We'll talk to him about the scene of Memphis
1: basketball, what's going on locally, all that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 90 Turn FM. Yes.
7: Why? Why?
1: If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours.
0: Why?
2: Why?
1: Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the why